we have a very special privilege in store for us today. Our friends, Dr. Susan Williams and Dr. Peter Holmes are here with us, and they're going to be sharing with us for the remainder of the service. And Dr. Williams, Dr. Susan Williams, she's a sociologist. She has a master's in social psychology as well as a PhD. She's been following Jesus for well over 30 years now and has very often in the church found herself in a leadership position. But interestingly, her discipleship journey took a twist. She had an extended period of emotional illness in her life. And she managed only by the grace and help of God to find healing and wholeness from that deeply traumatic time. And I know that in very much of the church, we talk about healing and we talk about wholeness, but never actually see it happen. Susan is testimony that it can happen. She decided to leverage her personal experience and professional expertise and now travels the globe, writing and teaching extensively to help others, people just like us, discover how to pursue our own journey of transformative change, as they like to call it. Dr. Peter Holmes is a psychologist and business trainer. He's a graduate of the London Bible College, has an MA from London University in pastoral care and psychology, has a PhD from the University of Birmingham, not in Alabama. He's a church planner and a very prolific author. And we hear all of that and go, oh, okay, that's nice, right? But what matters most is that Peter and Susan are dear friends of mine and dear friends of this community called Journey Church. And they've devoted their entire lives to helping people, as we like to say it around here, get well. They've given themselves to helping people get well. And it is a special treat to have both of them with us this weekend. Would you please give them a very warm Journey Church welcome. Who was he talking about? I thought I we were preaching this morning. Good morning. Well, good morning to you. And uh, we welcome you here in the name of the Lord. I bring greetings from Tiki Island Chapel in Galveston, Texas. And uh, my wife and I have a second home there. And uh, we're part of the leadership. I'm pastoring a congregation there on the island. Uh, it's a Presbyterian church. I'm not sure how that happened. But I'm uh, involved, involved in helping them through a period of transition. And I bring greetings from them to you. And I bring greetings from a little church on the Kent coast in England called Christchurch Deal. Uh, Deal is just next to Dover at the beginning of the White Cliffs. And Christchurch was planted there about 10 years ago. Peter and I had the privilege of being part of the leadership team that planted that church. And uh, we are a church that specializes in being a safe place for hurting people. Um, a couple of years ago, there was a new leadership team that uh, uh, grew in that church, and they have released and blessed Peter and I to travel more internationally and share some of what God has been teaching us. So greetings from Christchurch Deal. It is a pleasure and a privilege to be with you this weekend. So what we'd like to do is take you on three steps of a journey. Uh, first of all, we're going to do a bit of drama together for you to illustrate the point that we want to make this morning. Then secondly, we're going to do some joint 
teaching, Susan and I together. And then I'm going to wrap it up with a short preach and a song. Are you sitting comfortably? Now, guys, before we begin... You just need to know. This is important, all right? Um, we're going to act now, all right? <laughs> what we don't want is you coming up to the front and trying to reconcile us <laughs> while we're acting, all right? <laughs> so this we'll, is an act. And we'll tell you when we finish acting, all right? <laughs> Good. Susan, it's Peter. so good to see you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, um, I'm a little nervous. You don't have to be, you know that. It's. Uh, you have a word from the Lord for me. Well, yes, I do. Something that you need to uh, I love hear. the Lord a lot. You know that, don't oh, you? Oh, yes, I'm very aware of I that. I just want to give my life and worship the Lord. There, there, there's, um, so I'm really looking forward. There, there's, I'm really um, looking forward to what God has to say to me, sure. really. I, ju I, love, I, just, I can't wait for what God has to say for me. You have a word from the Lord for me. Yes. But... You may not like it. I right? love whatever God says to me. He says wonderful things to me. Hallelujah. It's about your mother. I have a wonderful mother. Do you know my mother? She's wonderful. God loves my mother a lot. So do I. I what's God got Susan, to say to me about my God mother? Does not share, I love... God does not share your perspective about your mother. My mother's wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. What do you mean God doesn't share my perspective? Well, are you sure? There's one or two things he'd like to say to you. She's wonderful. About the way he sees the no, relationship. No, 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 no. I know my mother's wonderful. Um, and I know that God thinks my mother's wonderful. I, Peter, I know that you hear from God a huge amount. I think you're wonderful. But I think on this occasion... You're not going to hear this, are you? You've no. not quite... You, you might need to just... No. My mother's wonderful. Let's Thank you very much. Show. Really? Thank my you. mother's very wonderful. Peter. Susan, I've been you, waiting for the You have something from the yes, Lord for me. Yes. I'm so looking forward to... Yes. As long as it's not about my mother. I'm so looking forward... No, no, no. You have nothing to worry about. Thank you. you. Nothing Thank to worry you. about. Because I love but God a lot. Really. The Lord wants... Hallelujah. Lord, I do. I love God Lord a lot. Wants to change. And I can't wait to hear what he has to say. The Lord wants to hear something. Yes. I love God a lot. Needs you to hear it. A lot. It's about him. Yep, I love him. Well, actually, it's about your view of him. I love him a lot. Oh, you do? I do. Yes. But... I do. What the Lord's saying is he wants to bring a few healthy... I love new, him a lot. ...real... I know there's some things that Ground I'm not walls into your relationship with him. You're going to tell me how angry I am with him, aren't you? Are you? 
I love him a lot. I know there's a few I just am very angry about, but, but I love God a lot. And what God wants to hear from me is how much I love him and how much I worship Susan, him. it's and getting in his way. I can't, there's no way that God wants me to tell him how I really feel. He doesn't want that. I want to love, hallelujah. Really, thank you so much. Why don't you give it some thought and then maybe we can... I love God a lot. I love God a lot. Peter? Oh, hello, Susan. You have something from... Now, it's not about God and it's not about my mother, but you have something from the Lord for me. I definitely have something from the Lord for you. I'm so looking forward to it. There's an issue that he'd like to raise with you. Yep. Now, I know I've never been there with you before on this issue. I don't like the way you're starting this. But the Lord actually... I love God a lot and I know he loves me. He just wants to bless me and say wonderful things to me. Talk about wonderful things. You know, you know I've shared with you in the past this he idea... He does, doesn't he? ...about, from his perspective, that are in his way, in his relationship with you... You know, I've talked about that in the past. Mm, don't quite remember. So it's not about you and your perspective of him. What it's are we talking about? What he sees. Go on, get on with it. Tell me, I can take it. It's about the rape. I'm healed from that. Really, God's healed me. I know. In faith, I am believing I'm healed from that. Really, I'm healed from that. He has. I'm very healed from that. Honest. God's done an amount. I'm healed from that. Why don't you think about it, and when you're ready, we'll have You're going to tell me that Christ wants to meet me. I've never done that, you see. No, I know you haven't. But you know that you do need to. It's too dirty. And for Christ, I can't... For Christ to meet me there, he's too holy and too pure and too beautiful, and that is too... Susan, you're carrying such anger against men that it's hurting the Lord. I can't, I just, that's there, and God's here, and I love God, and I can't, so I have to... No, thank you very much. I can't. That's too... God's there, and that's there, and I'm here, and that's there. Thank you very much. Do you get it? Okay, we're going to stop acting now. All right? Christ stands at the door, and he knocks. And the challenge for every one of us is to be willing to meet him in those areas. When I was just a child, I had a father that was very abusive. And he used to beat me up regularly. And when I was 11 or 12, I ended up in the accident and emergency at the local hospital and uh, I was in quite a bad way 
and the social workers came in and they took me away from my parents and from my three younger sisters and I ended up uh, living in the house of one of the deacons of the church. I'm now 27, I'm serving the Lord, I'm based in Singapore in East Asia and the Lord says to me, Peter, I'm absolutely tired of you treating me like your father. I wanted to kill my dad. And the anger and the hurt and the rage that I carried, I'd never dealt with. And it was a sort of miracle because I had friends there in Singapore that helped me through it. I came back to London on my way to Beirut from Singapore and my dad met me at Heathrow and I hadn't seen them for months and I'd done this homework this issue with the Lord about fathering and I walked across the concourse and I looked him in the eye and my father was a complete stranger to me and I looked at him and looked at him again and it was the first time in my life that I didn't want to kill him. I'd opened that door. I'd let the Lord in. He'd taken the pain. And I was free. I was raped when I was seven. And it was such a traumatic experience for me that I blotted out the feelings and the memories. There were some signs, some odd things that were going on in my life all the way through my childhood and my teenage years, but I never knew what they meant. I never knew what they were. And it was some, oh, I don't know, about 20 years later when God knocked on that door in my life and said, can I come in? And actually, I'd walked enough of a journey by then that when God began showing me, talking to me about an area of damage that I didn't know was there, oh, as soon as he showed me, it made so much sense. It explained a whole bunch of areas in my life. And when he comes into rooms like that in our lives, what does he find? Well, I was carrying self-hate, I hated men, I carried a huge amount of shame, I had a terrible attitude towards my body, I could go on. And when Christ steps into those rooms of our lives, he wants to deal with every area of damage that we carry without exception. Not only to deal with it, but to have us give him our pain so that he can take it away. And then we don't have to believe in faith that it's gone. Because when you look, even on a bad day, it isn't there. When Christ has touched that area of damage, the damage is gone. So we're dealing with a very simple idea here that we have in our history, in our relationship with ourselves, with others, with God, 
a whole range of areas where they're actually heavy with historic feeling. We often describe it in our ministry as toxic rooms of our house. Some of them are rooms of our house that we know about. We're aware that they're the areas of significant damage in our life. But you know there's a whole bunch of other rooms in our spiritual house, rooms that God can see from his perspective carry damage, damage that stands in his way. But we're not aware of them. Or if we are, we just treat them as relatively insignificant and it doesn't occur to us that those might be the doors that Christ is standing at, waiting to be invited in. So there are areas of our lives where we know we still need to go. But there are other areas of our lives where actually uh, we're just vaguely feeling-y about it and, well, maybe there's something there, but we don't know about it. And we have to put our energy into loving and serving God and the busyness of church life so we sublimate it, we repress it, and we, we put sit on it. A no entry sign over the door. No fishing again. And those areas that we blank off are areas where Christ cannot go because he cannot redeem what we won't own in our lives. He waits for our permission. He waits for us to be hungry. He waits for us to recognize our need to ask, to seek. And then when we do, then he can answer. Revelation 3. Those whom I love I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will go in and eat with him and he with me. Revelation three nineteen and 20. Christ stands at the door. Now there's a sense in which he's standing at the door of the church all the time, being welcomed in through his spirit. But I'm speaking of a personal moment. Many of us moan, We complain, we grumble, we accuse God of never being there. He doesn't answer our prayers. He allows things to happen in our lives that we wish we know should never have happened. We're angry about that. There are things he hasn't done that we think he should have done. And there's just a shopping list for many of us. We keep coming to church. We love the Lord. But a part of us is just really hurt, dismayed even, because our Christ relationship 
is not working in the way that it should. Christ stands at the door. Where is that door? Where is it? He's not necessarily meeting you at the moment in the places of your joy and laughter and pleasure and delight. He could be meeting you standing, waiting for you in those areas of your life where you have no intention of going. I stand at the door and I knock. And the door could be in a place that you have no intentions of ever going again. So we continue to moan that God's never there for us. But guys, his name is Redeemer. So why won't we let him redeem? Why are we so afraid? Why don't we want to own it? Admit it? Let him in. I stand at the door. And it could be an area of addiction. There's almost 500 of them for us to choose from. Could be in the area of abuse, verbal, emotional, Sexual, spiritual, even physical. Could be in unforgiveness. It could be in unresolved relationships. It might just be in your attitude to him. He stands at that door and he waits. Now, it's very interesting because it's always amused me that what he actually says is he wants to be invited in and eat with us. Now, that's an American message, isn't it? We can go with that. He wants to eat with us. But, guys... Beware, if you read the life of Christ in any of the Gospels, there was hardly a moment in his relationship with anyone where he didn't bring them to a place where they had to make a choice. In the background of his entire ministry was this 
amazing skill that he had to bring people to positions of choice. Are you going to change and follow me? Or are you going to walk away? Are you going to deal with that issue? Or are you not going to deal with that issue? Now the door is your area of need. He wants to come in and eat with you. And he's not going to bring a food taster with him. He trusts you. But by the end of that meal, you will know what he wants from you. To give that area to him. And as Redeemer, you're not letting him be who he wants to be in your life if he's still standing at any doors in your life. I'm going to invite Susan back now. Uh, this is a song that we actually were given by the Lord many, many years ago uh, down at a country house in Sussex in England where we do a lot of workshops and training. And this song is in two parts. The first part is God speaking to the person. And the second part is the person's response. Now I'd like you to close your eyes. And as we wait on the Lord and listen for him, we're asking that question, are there any doors he might be standing at in our lives. Let me come and touch you, oh my child, don't turn me away. I will never hurt you. I will never leave you alone. Oh, my child, let me come and touch you. For I know how to heal you. I am capable of healing you, all of you. Open your heart, open your heart. Please don't hide your heart, but let me touch you. Let me love you with all my heart. Learn to trust me, learn to trust me, for I will not harm you. I will not harm you, my child.
My Jesus, my Jesus, I lie here and I want you to go away cause I hurt so much and it's been too much. Oh God, oh God. But I can't do it. But I can't do it. But I can't do it. I won't turn you away again, Jesus. My Jesus. My Jesus. I won't turn you away again. Would you come touch me, Lord? Would you come heal me, Lord? Would you come help me to let you touch my pain? Can you take my pain away? Can you take my shame away? Can you take those away who've hurt me so bad? Can you take my fear away? Can you take my guilt away? Can you take, can you take all the years away? My Jesus, my Jesus, my Jesus. Christ stands at doors into your life. He waits He waits Let Redeemer God in. Amen.